You're listening to the Crochet Conversations podcast with Ines and Mel, and this is episode 30, How the Pandemic Has Affected Our Business. Hello guys and welcome back to another episode. Hi everybody! Before we begin, I just want to make a quick announcement that this will be the last episode for the year. Yeah. Not forever, but for the year. <laughs> so after we upload this episode, we're going to take a two weeks break um, just to clear our minds and like refresh and restart and have some time this holiday to spend with our friends and family. Yeah, definitely. And we'll be back in two weeks on the 9th of January. There will be a Sunday and upload schedule will return to normal. Yep. Every Sunday, 12 p.m. From that point onwards. Okay, now with that out of the way... How has your Christmas been, guys? Hmm. Really tiring. <laughs> happening. But fun. Yeah. I think that it's been a, it's been a long time since we were able to really, you know, like relax and spend time with the people we love. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, in the past two years has been so hectic. Mm. And, you know, we worry constantly about hanging out with like our family and my elderly parents. Because we just don't want to put them in harm's way. Yeah, and we definitely took the effort to not uh, Not meet up so regularly or go out or hang out. Um, Everything's like via... uh, Online, online. you know, like meetings and what. So we thought we'd talk about how our year has been this year, like particularly because of COVID. Yeah. And so to give you a premise of how this episode came about, Mel and I were just talking, we were having our final sort of year and meeting. <laughs> sounds, yeah. It sounds so official. Com- but, conversation between us. But it was really just over di- dinner. Yeah. And we were talking about how like we're so grateful to have what we have despite the world kind of crumbling around us. Yeah. And as we were talking, you know, it was kind of like one of those, oh, halt, let's save this for the for the podcast or let's share what we talked about, yeah. you know, together with the listeners on the podcast. And we've been getting a lot of new listeners lately. So hello, guys. Welcome to our podcast. And yeah. like, we're excited to have you on this journey with us. So basically, this episode will kind of be like a recap and like, we've broken it down as I was planning for this like broken it down into different sectors of our life that has really been affected by it uh, whether it's good or bad you know I think whether something is good or bad as an outcome really depends on your perspective on things yeah your outlook your outlook yeah exactly so we've broken it down to a few categories and we've decided to go through some of these categories with you I think the number one thing that I feel really affected by, and I don't know if it's the same for you, mm-hmm. but I feel I feel the effect of it most greatly is not being able to have events or art markets that we can take part of. Right. And I think, you know, having done this past ev- this past weekend, past two weekends ago, right? Yeah, the flea, right? Having right, done the, the flea market, not really a flea market, but it was like an artisanal, artisanal, like pop-up market right and i think having done that it's brought back all these memories and these feelings of being able to do this every quarterly yeah so pre-covid we did it every three four months yeah and now it's like once in two years and i really really feel it because i don't get to talk to you guys yeah you know it's kind of very important for me as a business owner or for us right as business owners to know who we are talking to to match names to faces like we talk about all the time yeah and not being able to see you guys and interact with you guys it's kind of like 
running a business in the dark. You Correct. know, we yeah, don't really know it. who is out there. We don't know who's buying. We don't know what the general feel of our audience is. Yeah. If they're buying it for gifts, if they're crocheters and makers themselves, or maybe they just appreciate it and don't want to crochet or don't want to do it. Yeah. And we do get a lot of followers uh, when we attend this kind of event. I think a lot of people don't realize the amount of things you can do with crochet. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? And they always get surprised when they see uh, all, all the our things products we have. and and they get you know so so excited. And it's you know it's kind of like a big part of our marketing. Um, so in Singapore, I don't know about in other countries, but in Singapore where we are, we have to pay for art market, and sometimes yeah. they can go up to almost eight hundred dollars for two days you know, for one weekend and that's really hefty. So when we do art markets like this, like artisanal markets, we are not doing it to earn any sort of money. <laughs> In fact, if we can break even, it's kind of really good. Yeah. But we just chalk it up, you know, as part of our business expense under marketing. Yeah. And really, it's such a good way to market our business. So not being able to do this during COVID is such a big blow to me, I feel. And I don't want to just be sitting at home crocheting things for what I think people want. Yeah. You know, I want to talk to you and get your feedback about how you think things could improve or what is it you want to see or the kind of trend, you know, like different colours, colour trend. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was one year, everyone wanted black. <laughs> yeah, know. correct. And if you've ever crocheted black before, <laughs> you know it, it's a nightmare. Yeah. So, not being able to do art markets, really, I really feel it, at least for me. Yeah, definitely during the pandemic, I think... Uh, when a lot of these organizations were trying to come up with uh, this kind of event, yeah, uh, a lot of times, even though we sign up for it already, they got cancelled. It gets cancelled. Yeah. And we kind of know that it, it might get cancelled. There's a big chance it will get cancelled yeah. because of all these social distancing measures and they just can't regulate the crowd. Yeah, and the so rules they do keep it. changing you know, all the time. At least for us in Singapore, yeah. like, the rules keep changing. So... In the past two years, we've been in some some state of lockdown. So it has gone from, you know, being able to go out in a group of eight people to now five people and then two packs. Yeah. So not any, like, no groups bigger than two packs are allowed out. And there are certain places that we can or cannot go or can or cannot do. do like, gyms yeah. were closed. Like, schools and tuition centers were closed. Right. So that was kind of really difficult for us. The next thing that I think we were really affected by um, during the pandemic was me teaching my classes. Right, yeah, and, for sure. you know, I don't know how I can teach my classes if I'm not meeting people in person. Mm. And I think that, you know, most people would say that the obvious answer is to go online. Right. And while I do teach classes online, a lot of people prefer in-person classes, especially for something so tactile like crochet. Right. It's, you know, it's one thing for them to see what I'm doing, but I, as the, you know, like instructor almost, also need to see what they're doing. Correct. So it kind of works both ways. Yeah, and we do get a lot of feedback, especially for beginners, that it's easier for them to pick up the craft or learn from you in person. It's if they can see me and ask yeah. me in person. And you know, when you do, when you take things online, then there is like Wi-Fi issues and connectivity issues. Right. And although I am already prepped for it because I already have online classes prior to the pandemic, mm. a lot of the, the people learning don't. 
like there maybe their household is not suited for it and maybe it's noisy and crowded and in the midst of our classes you know babies are crying dogs are barking so it's very hectic and I think what I miss about teaching classes pre-COVID is that we used to collaborate with a lot of local cafes here and local coffee shops here in Singapore so I would make friends with the you know like the owner of the coffee shop like for example some of them are my friends Mm -hmm. and they would section out one or two tables for me to teach classes in their cafe so it kind of works hand in hand and we're kind of promoting a local business as well you know a local crochet business and a local coffee shop Right. and I just I like that atmosphere of sort of helping each other out yeah for sure and i just can't do that during covid because cafes were closed at one point for almost a year i think yeah and after that they even have restrictions on the number of packs yeah like two packs and also i can only teach one-on-one classes correct because if i teach like a mother-daughter duo that's three packs including me yeah and it just becomes really difficult not to mention the issue of safety Mm -hmm. you know and because of us not being able to hold our classes in cafes or coffee shops in the local area, we sort of had to make a decision to open up our home studio for yeah, classes. To take classes uh, yeah, in, our, in our home. Yeah, and I think that brought about a whole new <laughs> level of anxiety with of course, me. yeah. You know, having to put my home address out there into the world. And I'm a very, very private person. You know, everything on my social media is locked. You know, I don't really post very much on it. So for me to make that decision was quite... I think it was, you know, it was one of those like desperate last call decisions. Yeah. But I think, you know, having the support of you, Mel, right, around sort of made it a little bit easier. And because Mel is at home with me now, you know, I, there is at least somebody around to... to at least I'm not at home with a stranger, you <laughs> Right, know? right. And we already have our studio set up for it. You know, in case some of you don't know, we, we converted one room in our house into a studio or working office space right. for me. So because I work from home, I need a proper functional office slash studio. And there is space, to be honest, to have a little workshop here. So opening up our home studio for it seemed to be the next best thing to do. Yeah. And once we decided that this is what we want to do to open up our home studio... It's just a matter of fact of putting in the right protocols to ensure that this works. Yeah, it was just like now we have an idea, like how do we execute that? And I think it's it's also a little bit difficult for me because I think we had to take a very decisive approach when it comes to running the business and opening the home studio. Yeah. It's not like, you know, we are inviting friends over. These these are complete strangers that are coming in, you know, and I can have 20 classes in a week so it was very important for us to sort of put down rules and regulations about what we can and cannot do and we had to kind of be very harsh about it because we know as customers like to push their luck with things right so we had to make some decisions like I would only take one-on-one classes I would not take group classes also because it's for my own safety I don't want to be exposing myself to a large group of people who could potentially be you know at that point unvaccinated yeah and the second rule we put in place was to only allow vaccinate, vaccinated persons to take classes with me in person if you are unvaccinated you are you can only take the online class where I don't have to come face to face with you you know, we stopped studio visits, we stopped self-collection from our location. So it was really purely only for classes 
and you had to sign like a declaration form you had to do like a safe entry check-in yeah and this is also important for all the businesses in Singapore to ensure that they do all these requirements yeah, and because we're a registered business, we had now, you know, to figure out what were the important things that we had to do by law. Yeah, by law. Mm. Otherwise, we could be in trouble. So that took a little bit of figuring out, but I think it works. It works, you know. Yeah. We have a good system now that I'm very, very grateful for because I think it it helps me in my practice draw the line a little bit with people who, you know, long-time customers who, thinks, who think that they have now become friends and can, you know, bypass all these safety measures put in place, which yeah. that really can't be the case. Of course not, yeah. So I think that was another way that the pandemic really, I really felt the effect of it in this regard, you know, having to put very hard, hard and harsh rules in place. Yeah. Mm, I think another thing we we felt that it affected us back then but actually looking back I think we weren't really that affected it was just all in our minds was at one point last the end of last year to the start of this year our government was giving out small grants for self-employed persons in which I qualify as a self-employed person yeah and it was a very small amount I think it was like nine thousand dollars but they were helping it was sort of a way for the government to help us Um, To sort of get through this period, right? To get through this difficult time. And for one reason or another, which we still haven't gotten an answer, we did not qualify for the grant. I think there was a certain age bracket that we needed to be a part of and there had to be a certain, you know, amount that we were not earning or we had to prove that we had a really big drastic drop in income, which luckily for us, we didn't have that. So we didn't get the grant. And we applied twice and we got turned down twice. So it's yeah. not like a mistake. We didn't slip through the cracks or anything. But at that time, it felt like a big blow because I was so worried about where we're going to get the money to run the business. Yeah. Especially for me running this full for us running this full time, if we don't get sales, we don't get business, right? Yeah, for sure. And like we mentioned with the events and pop-up markets not being around that we do so often in the yeah, past, yeah. it it felt like we were... Um, like struggling, struggling a little bit. Struggling during that period, yeah. But looking back on it, I think we really didn't struggle. We, we I think we have a good you and me at least, have a good business practice of only spending what we earn. So every cent that we earn goes back into running the business and we don't take on additional loans that we cannot service. So whether or not we got the $9,000 in grant really had no impact on us. It was just the mindset and the perception we were looking at things from. You know, when you're in a very stressful environment, you focus a lot on what you lost and what you don't gain rather than what you already have. Yeah, and... Also, during that period of uncertainty, I think it's pretty scary for small businesses like us. Like us, yeah. We hear a lot of business that do close or, or close down, yeah. During that period, and it was very scary. And I think. it wasn't just new businesses, you know, it's businesses that have been running for 20, 30, right. some even 50 years that yeah. have closed down because they just rely on their small local environment, you know, to, to support them. And it was so sad to see so many businesses yeah, close. Yeah, it was, yeah. So that was quite eye-opening for us. And I think I really felt the stress of it back then. I mean, looking back now, like I say, I'm, I'm glad we didn't, you know, we didn't have to rely on that. And we actually managed to pull through on our own. So I'm quite proud of ourselves. But yeah. it's not to say that 
I wasn't really, really stressed about it at that yeah, time. Yeah, we, we were really, really pretty stressed. Well, let's talk about some high moments then. I feel like we're starting to get a little bit downer on this. Let's talk about some exciting moments that we had. Um, this year, we launched our House of Yan, which is our very own brand of Yan. And I, I think, you know, now that we've come to the end of the year and we're looking back on our successes, I think we really didn't give ourselves enough credit. Yeah. Or we didn't sort of celebrate that mini win. It's not mini, okay, let me just clarify. We didn't celebrate that win for ourselves. Yeah. Because the moment it got launched, it was just about making the business work. Right. You know, we didn't sit back and say, hey, we've got a subsidiary brand now. We've got a house of yarn. Yeah. We, we manufacture our own yarn now. Yeah. And we didn't take that time to, you know, give ourselves that pat on the back. Yeah. And or so, sort of celebrate that moment, right? Yeah, we didn't. And it was not easy to do that. We really struggled to push out House of Yarn. And, you know, the timeline that we had set for ourselves coincided with the first four or five months yeah. of COVID. Yeah. This is, of course, before we knew COVID yeah. was going to happen. Who knew, right? Yeah. So we planned to really get this launched in the first half of the year last year. Yeah. Right? And that, that didn't happen so it was only towards the middle t- end of the year that House of Yan really got pushed out because, you know, we can't travel. So we work, we partner up with the factory in India mm-hmm. to provide us yarn that is made to our specifications, um, the colours we want. And because we can't travel to see the factory and see the yarn made in person, there was a lot of trust that had to, you know, we had to take that leap of faith and just trust that we were going to get the right thing. Yeah. And... Because we can't see it in person, you know, the process just got prolonged because they had to mail things to us. Yeah, a lot of back and forth in terms of communication. Yeah, and it's just beyond the communication. It's looking at the physical, tangible yeah. product. You know, they had to mail four or five kinds of yarn with different varieties at a time. We had to look at them, test them. It took time for us to test. And not doing events means that I didn't get first-hand um, opinions or right. what am I looking like yeah. feedback from our audience yeah right and then I had to decide them all on my own then I had to you know email them back and call them back and they would send me more yarn and it's just yeah oh my goodness yeah the process was pretty time. long even to the extent of what kind of colors we wanted to bring in and um, whether the color in the photo matched yeah. the color that I saw which let me tell you it <laughs> didn't <laughs> So that was how, you know, that was one thing that we really struggled through. And when we pushed it out, when we've made that final order and paid lots of money for it, it was just sitting down, biting our fingernails yeah. and waiting for the yarn to arrive. And, you know, in the meantime, prepping the labels, thinking about names, you know, thinking about where and how we can market, market them. Yeah. And then when the yarn arrived, it was just like, go, go, go. Yeah, you know? like branding, everything. So that was that was really something. But you know, let's give ourselves a pet. I'm gonna do it. You know, because I think it's not easy to push out yeah. a subsidiary brand in the middle of the pandemic and I think we did, you know, and I'm so proud of ourselves mm-hmm. for doing it. And we really didn't give it ourselves enough credit for it. Yeah. We really didn't. Cause it's you know, when you run your own business you're just constantly thinking about the next thing. And when you have something good, I think it's so important to take that moment to celebrate that, you know, and I didn't feel, I think also I didn't feel that I could celebrate that because what if it flopped? Right. Then I would have spent 
thousands and thousands of dollars in try- into trying to make something happen and then it flops and then I celebrate it for nothing. Like, premature celebration, <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, and, and once again, it's scary because it happened in the midst of this pandemic, which was, we like, not accounted for, right? Yeah, so, like, a four-month, a three-to-four-month plan turned out to be, like, a seven-to-eight-month yeah. journey. And thank goodness you guys love Aoyan. Oh yeah, thank goodness guys. I'm so grateful for y'all really? and the support. At least at least the ones in Singapore who have really, you know, stepped up for us. I, I don't even know where we would be without you guys. Yeah. I get emotional talking about it because we owe so much of our success to you. And to, I mean, to you, even you just listening now. You know, it, yeah. it, we owe so much of it to you guys and it's beyond our control and you guys really did step up for us and it's just such, it's so wonderful to be part of it. Oh my, I'm tearing up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on. Yeah. So I think as a business, it was really important for us to learn how to pivot with the times and to shift with what, you know, the environment required from us. And I started making face masks by accident. <laughs> during the start of COVID. Okay, and yeah. let me explain what by accident meant. I had a bunch of cotton fabric lying about because I sew on my free time. Yeah. I don't do any crazy sewing or quilting or anything, but I know enough of how to operate a sewing machine. So I had a bunch of fabric lying around and I was I decided to sew some face masks for me and Mel. Yeah, because we have to wear face masks anyways. Yeah, and then so I sewed a bunch extra and I posted it on my Instagram saying I have some of this you know it's just cover the cost of it and the cost of mailing and you can have it it's for you guys I only have this amount you know if any of you want it please DM me and let me know and the response was just overwhelming yeah it was crazy I was sewing face masks day in and day out because of their Instagram post yeah and then when I had sold out on masks you know because I only had like what 10 or 20 right with yeah. me when I sold out of that, people started texting you or DMing me saying, if I pay you this amount, can you please sew me, you know, this, 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 is this. Yeah. I need like 20 for me and my immediate family. And face masks, it was, it was so hard to get a hold of it yeah. at the start of the pandemic. So I started making face masks. <laughs> and I, I really had to take some time away from crochet because crochet was not the answer during COVID. Yeah. You know, during the start of COVID. And this I'm talking about maybe the start of 2020. Yeah, really at the beginning. Yeah, and it was just, you know, and then, but the good thing was that I, it gave me more time to do all the things that I wanted to do because I knew that I was not going to be touching crochet for another three, four months. You know, I was just going to service my existing commission pieces. Yeah. And then I'm going to put a stop to that because I can't get supplies. I can't get yarn that I want. It's so difficult to fulfill custom orders that way if I can't get my materials shipped yeah, to me. Yeah, it's the supplies, yeah. So I started working on my beading brand, Paul by Inez, making, you know, because I have I have all these things at home, you know, I started working on them and making mask chains and then sewing face masks and all that. So that took a good six months of the year, I think. Yeah. Even now, even now. I'm people still, are still asking for it, yeah. I'm still sewing face masks for people who want them. So I wish we didn't have to do that, but you know, we're not earning anything from it just to cover the cost of shipping and whatnot. Yeah. But I think it's important to still put out that message that you should still be wearing face masks wherever you go. So we've decided to keep on doing it. And so pulling away from crochet a little bit 
really meant that I had a lot more free time. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's gone back to normal now for yeah. us because now we have time to do all these things, including the podcast. But in the very initial stages of it, you know, having pulled away from crochet and not crocheting, I realized how much free time I have. <laughs> so then I started going back into the things that I really love, which is, you know, painting and doing my tarot. And I'm trained in art. I went to art school, graduated from art yeah. college. So... I really had time to delve back into the arts. And I think that was such a good refresher for me because now that I've come back to the business, it's almost like I have a fresh set of eyes and I have a fresh sense of, you know, like a a new vision and a fresh sense of urgency or like energy to get things done. Yeah. So that was really, really nice. It was just a good break to take my mind off things that I can't control like um, supplies and packaging that took so long to arrive. Yeah, there were quite a number of issues with those. Yeah, and because, you know, in Singapore, we're such a small country, we really rely on our neighbouring countries to send us, you know, uh, packaging and whatever brand stickers and, and, you know, things to package and mail. And we rely on a lot of the factories based in our neighbouring countries to mail them to us. Yeah. So supply chain was affected and I think even now it's still affected, right? Yeah, it is. In yeah. the end of 2021. So it took, it, it gave me, you know, it gave me some space to not think about that because I really can't control it. I can either sit here and stress or I can focus on other things. Yeah. Which we did, right? We upgraded our website during this past yeah, year. Yeah, we revamped it. Yeah. We revamped it twice, you know, once in 2020 and yeah. once in 2021. And I think I'm glad that a lot of businesses were forced to go fully online and we were kind of already, you know, online. We had a website, we had, uh, you know, an Instagram. Yeah, we basically already had an online presence. Yeah. So I am so glad we made that decision to To go online because I think we would really have struggled during COVID if we didn't have that. Yeah. It was just now a matter of making it cleaner yeah better making it easier more, yeah yeah make it making it more intuitive for a viewer onto the website we did struggle a little bit with online marketing yeah because none of us come from a marketing background <laughs> yeah. so we really had to figure out what works and what doesn't and you know facebook is so complicated can i just say that <laughs> facebook there is- are courses online to teach you how to use facebook no way I, to me, Facebook is a whole other beast. Yeah. You know, syncing your products from the website to the Facebook marketplace is just a major nightmare. And I just can't figure it out. I think now we're still struggling a little a bit. A little bit. They keep changing like the functions rules and, and all that. Yeah. So having to be up to date with all of that and still not having, you know, things that we can roll out immediately, physical things, I mean, was pretty, pretty difficult. And not to mention, online marketing takes money. Yeah. We really can't run a business without money. And it was so frustrating because it's money we're putting out there with no guarantee of turning that advertisement into sales. Yeah. So we really had to figure out how that works and struggle with it. And oh gosh. Yeah. Not to mention, all the new smaller crochet brands that are popping up around us. Especially during the pandemic, yeah who message us and say, can I know your supplier? 
<laughs> oh my. And I have nothing again. So, okay, let me just give a little bit of an understanding to our situation. Where we are in Singapore now, there seems to be this surge of crochet being, you know, brought up. Mm-hmm. And I think TikTok has got something to do with that. Right. Because every one of them show me pictures from what they, you know, all of my classes, I mean. Yeah. They show me pictures of what they see on TikTok. And they say, I want to make that. I want to do that. And now that I've done it, they go off and start their own brand, which is cool. Except for the part that they message me and say, can I know your supplier? Where do you get all these things? And how do I get it for cheap? (laughs) Yeah. And as a maker, it's so, you know, it's as a maker, I would love to share all this with you, which is why we have this podcast, right? So I can share with the different things and all the tips and tricks you can use for your crochet art. Right. But as a business owner... I can't be sitting you down with the tutorial saying, here's where I get my supplies from, here's how I do my marketing, here's, you know, the cheapest supplier. You need to figure all that out for your own. Right. Because that makes up your brand. Yeah, exactly. Like, setting up a business is not easy, you know. It's not just the fact that you can crochet crochet and and have a craft. You know, it's a lot more than that. And... Also, you know, there's this issue of I want to share with you what I know, but not to a point that you just you are just asking for handouts at this point. So I think there was also something we really struggled with in the middle of of COVID, and even now we still get the odd message here and there, the odd email here and there, asking, you know, where we get a particular supply from and what is their MOQ and you know what is their and things like that, which is like. How do I share that with you, little girl? Yeah. (laughs) So that's been frustrating to deal with. Aside from those people who started learning crochet and are trying to set up a business, I think that a lot more people taking up the craft as a hobby, I really appreciate that. Oh yeah, Yeah. and so do I. And I mean, that's the whole reason we're doing this podcast in the first place is because I want to share what I know. Yeah. And crochet is such a nuanced topic it's such a nuanced art you know there's no right or wrong way and that makes it extremely difficult i'm just so happy that the community seems to be growing uh, especially during this period especially yeah so i think it was it's quite funny because one of the questions we got so much during our event like last weekend <laughs> two weeks two weekends ago was oh you crochet i see so what you were free during the pandemic <laughs> you know or like oh they would say something bit- to the to the to that effect, you know, yeah. like oh, were you so free during the pandemic? You started a whole business around it. I was a bit stunned um, when we got asked that question. I didn't I didn't really know how to respond. We we're like, yeah. uh, no, we started yeah. like before COVID. Mm, like, yeah. So I had to sort of step up and go, oh no, actually, <laughs> I've been crocheting for about ten years. You know, this business has been running for like four years, and then they were, and a lot of them went, oh, didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because in Singapore at least, crochet is not a very big thing. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's still perceived as very old and grandma, grandma-ish, Ish. you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's part of the reason why I wanted, I've been pushing this brand so hard because I wanted people here to see, you know, crochet in a different light, that it's fresh and modern and, and clean and sustainable and it's not just, it's not fast fashion basically. Yeah. Right? And speaking of fast fashion, I think another thing I'm really grateful for about having that time to myself during COVID uh, and when the business was sort of running low is that I had so much more time to crochet clothes. Yes, yes, correct, yeah. Because I think crocheting clothes takes so dang long and 
my business runs pretty quickly like the the orders come in and go out pretty quickly yeah which is why i tend to do smaller things like bags and pouches and yeah. whatever other small fast things. turnover yeah yeah because that's what people like small crochet stuff and that's you know our current audience can only handle that much crochet they would never have a laptop sleeve in crochet it's too big you know i mean of course this is pre-pandemic and then only now in post-pandemic that people are starting to appreciate the look and feel of crochet. Yeah. And I'm saying this in our local environment and our local community here in Singapore. So having that time to myself, you know, during our down period allowed me to crochet so much clothes and all the yarn that I have in my room, I finally get to put it to good use. <laughs> yeah, it's the time that you have to take to experiment on those clothes as well, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't have that much time prior because I was always on the go, on the go, on the go. Yeah. And now it's like I have a little bit of a breathing room and I, you know, it's f as funny as it sounds, I do appreciate that COVID happened in the time that it did, you know, and sort of forced me and a lot of us, I'm, I'm assuming, to take that breather, to sit back and think about what we really want to do. And of course, I'm saying this from a very incredibly privileged point of view. Yeah. Not everybody had that mm -hmm. ability to sort of take a step back and you know, chill out during COVID. But I do, and I did, and I'm very grateful for that because I honestly wouldn't do that if I didn't have, you know, you guys supporting us at every stage. Personally, I did a lot of crochet during that period. So oh, yeah. I really like... Uh, Took that time. Yeah, I leveled up, you know, to, on my to level up crochet, crochet skills. So, I mean, that's also one thing I think that we don't, I think give enough credit for Mel really stepping up in her crochet game <laughs> because I think having that lull period like we talked about really gave me the time and space to teach Mel how to really crochet and like really go into the ins and outs of concepts and ideas like for example yeah. you know when you do your turning chain what really is the purpose of a turning chain is not just you know to do chain two or chain three you yeah know? it's definitely not enough to just hear us uh, or hear you talk about the technical aspects of it of it mm -hmm. uh, it helps if I'm doing it myself and I'm struggling and I encounter problems and issues and I come and to you I'm here right yeah, and exactly. so because I'm free and not taking any lessons I have all the time in the world <laughs> to, to focus on me to right? devote on you so if any of you guys are new here basically what happens in our business is that I handle all the creative aspects of it yeah so I handle you know mostly of the, mostly the marketing the crocheting the custom orders the handling of our actual um, products and supplies and Mel does the back end. Yeah. So she handles all the finances, all the administrative sections of it, anything that we re we require licensing for. Yeah, operation side. Yeah, or like getting supplies or sourcing the cheapest things. Mel's in charge of that. So what she brings to the table really doesn't require her knowing much of crochet. Yeah. Although it does help. And I think that throughout this period of COVID, we were able to really level up our understanding of crochet a little bit. And, you know, in the long term, and I think we're starting to feel the, the positive effects of it now, mm -hmm. it's because now when I, you know, have an idea that I want to put forward to her, she's able to better understand where I'm coming from and why it works or doesn't work. Yeah. You know, so brainstorming sessions now is so much easier when I can explain or talk about, you know, crochet concepts and don't not really have to go deep in depth and she understands it 
yeah, it opens up to so much more opportunities to, you know, go different, further, different yeah. Yeah, areas. Yeah. And, you know, further to build on that, I think I really was able to take this time to fine-tune my crochet curriculum for the crochet fundamentals course that I teach as yeah. well as the one-time creative workshops. Yeah. Because I'm able to bring up concepts to Mel and say, what do you think if in the second session I teach, you know, this, this and that? You know, yeah. and coming from you, learning it fresh, and you are able to give me your straightforward, <laughs> cold-hearted approach. No, no, just kidding. But like straightforward, yeah. really, really straightforward. Yeah, like what doesn't work, what works better as yeah. a, what know, she as a likes, student. Yeah, as somebody that's new approaching this, how she feels that I'm, you know, getting lost in maybe one concept or using too much jargon or whatever, right? And so... The positive side of it is that now that Mel knows how to crochet with me, we're able to just do so much more, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, this really is a topic that I am quite passionate about because when in I, when I was taking my um, arts degree, mm-hmm. you know, there was always this big concept of whether an arts manager needs to have an arts background. Right. Can you just be a manager and can all... As long as you know how to manage something... Can it be applied across all fields? And I don't think the answer is yes. Okay. I think that if you are, if you want to be an arts manager, you have to know some form of arts mm. because it requires very different, you know, very different handling of it. And at least for Singapore here and where we are, there is this idea within the higher ups in the government that you don't need to have an arts background mm-hmm. to manage and support the arts community. As long as you're in a managerial or, you know, a chief position, you know, you can just switch in and out and anyone could be taken away and put into a manager position and be able to still manage an arts business. I just don't think that works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was a long sidetrack, <laughs> but you know, that's what I mean by, you know, I think it helps so much having Mel know how to talk crochet with me. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is a personal uh, achievement. I for think you, for myself, yeah. I really worked, I think, hard on, on you know, making sure that I uh, get to get better at crochet. Yeah, and I think that you also mentioned to me separately that it helps you appreciate a lot more what yeah. makers and crafters and artists do, having now had to put 20,000 hours into something yourself. Yeah, and now at, you know, pop-up events, I can say I crochet too. Oh, you know. yeah, yeah. That's the one thing that we did differently this event, this art, art market that we did, was that I finally got to say, it's not all done by me, it's <laughs> yeah. me and Mel. Yeah, so, I, I do contribute a, a little bit. Yeah, because when people see us, they look at me and they automatically assume that me, that I'm the one that crochets, yeah. right? And because I do it, I get to talk to them about how it's done and, you know, what what went into it. But now I get to say, oh, it's also Mel, you know, <laughs> yeah. she helps me do it. It's not just all me. And surprisingly, I do find joy in crocheting my own things. Do you? Know? you? Yeah, crocheting things for me. myself. And uh, especially clothes. I'm quite oh, right, into, right, you right. know, doing all my cardigans and, and all my whip projects for my top and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think it's fun because Mel and I have a project that we're working on that was supposed to be a couple project. So it's it's two different colours of yarn, but we are working on the exact same stitch in the exact same top. Yeah. And it's a like a 
like a through like a cardigan. Yeah, a, a long one for me. Like, like a long cardigan. And so when we are done with it, Mel and I will have identical matching cardigans, just in different colors. Different colors, yeah. But you know we are so far <laughs> different in our progress of this. She's done with the whole back panel, and I'm only halfway. And we are started. Are you only halfway? I am. Okay. Yeah. And we started at the, at the same, same time, time. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. So that's like something fun that we get to do. Together, you know, yeah. Together, and not just always think about crochet and work from a very business point of view. Yeah. And you know that has helped us as well with our communication with yeah. each other. And I think. Our partnership really grew so much. Oh yes, throughout yes. this pandemic. Yeah, for yeah, I agree. And also, I want to add that I'm really proud of you. The whole accidental face mask thingy, Aww. you know, you totally turned that into an opportunity to come up with supporting products and supplement the business. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I also want to add on to that. I think you know, firstly, oh, thank you. <laughs> and secondly, I really would never have done any of that if I didn't have Mel beside me. And it sounds so crazy cringe-worthy, so cringe away, guys. <laughs> but the truth is that I never run, I never go on to any new business ideas without first running it through Mel. You know, if mm-hmm. you're kind of like my idea board, I just throw ideas at you. And, and if I it filter it. <laughs> yeah, if it sticks, it sticks. If yeah. it doesn't, you know, you are able to sort of give me that different perspective as, as to why it will or will not work. Yeah, and I'm grateful for that, you know. Yeah, and, and if works. you, if to be honest, if you didn't say yes to me wasting like five hours sewing face oh, yeah. masks a <laughs> day, true. that really would never have happened too. So, yeah. you know, as much as we like to give each other the credit, it's really a joint effort. Yeah. And really, really throughout this pandemic is the one recurring theme that I feel they have sort of governed our relationship as, you know, as personal partners as well as business partners. Mm-hmm. It's that sense of collaboration yeah. and partnership. And I'm so freaking thankful that I have you to work with and not somebody else that... You know how people say you can't join, start a business with your partner yeah. and that's like a recipe for hell? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case for us. I'm really, really happy that of that we all work well people, together. Yeah. it's with you because I can tell you to your face that if something you're doing sucks <laughs> and she would just go, what? Why? <laughs> you know, rather than be ultra sensitive about it and yeah. I think I hope it's the same both ways yeah it, it is and that's the reason why it works right so you know if you want to talk about really the biggest thing that I've gotten out of this pandemic is really the partnership that we have as you know behind this brand yeah because nothing that we've talked about in this whole episode would make sense if we didn't have that partnership to sort of build that foundation on yeah especially during this pandemic where we have to adapt to covid and coming up with new ideas, we really had to sit down and work together on this. You yeah, know? and you know, I read some, I don't know where it was based in, but there is like a h- alarmingly high level of divorce rates. No way, COVID. really? Yeah, I read, okay. I read it somewhere. It could have been the BBC, I'm not sure. But I'm so glad that we do not fall into that category. Yeah. And if it does fall into that, if any of you guys listening does like do fall into that category just know that it's things are falling apart so that better things can fall together in place for you so i think we've talked on and on (laughs) enough about this yeah so let's just wrap it up nicely shall we okay don't forget guys we are taking a two weeks break and we'll return and resume on the 9th of january 
which is a Sunday, and resume our normal, right? Yeah. So again, as we end everything, if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, mm-hmm. please send them our way. You can find us on Instagram or the dreaded Facebook. We are <laughs> at Crooked Crochet SG, or you can send us a WhatsApp text at plus six five. Nine one two seven two seven four three, and I'd love to hear from you. But if you prefer, you can also drop us an email. We are crookedcrochetsg at gmail dot com. Tell me your long stories. Tell me how you got started. Tell me everything. I want to read them. So send away and check back every Sunday. I mean, not next Sunday, but the two, following sun- two Sunday. Two Sundays from now. And in the meantime, guys, Happy New Year. And Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye, guys.